0: I'm Lucy.
1: I'm, I'm Eric. Talisa. Oh
0: fuck! Oh Jesus! Are you joking me? No, I'm sorry. Just say your name. It's
1: your week, Talissa.
0: <laughs> Just say your name, Talissa. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Welcome back to another episode of the Fierce Females of History podcast, where we tell the stories of women from history that you should know about. I'm Lucy. I'm Telissa. And I'm (laughs) Erin. Amazing. And and if you couldn't tell from the
0: tone of that, I definitely stuffed up our original... Intro, <laughs> But here we are for round two. Thank you for having us. What's what's happening this week? What are we pumped for? Wow.
1: Well, I have my first solo radio show this weekend. <gasps> That's thrilling. Yeah. That's really exciting. Uh, yeah, I'm hosting the Essential 20 Countdown on I-98, and it's my first time doing it solo, and I'm just
0: pumped. DJ Talissa, tuning yeah. in. Now, is this on the Saturday afternoon? Saturday afternoon, yep. Cool, 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 cool. Three to five Sydney time if you feel like tuning in on the web. fantastic. Yeah, you can tune in. Definitely should. Saturdays in the Arvos. You'll hear Talisa doing a job that she's actually paid for. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so <laughs> you can
0: compare the pair.
1: Where do we find it online? Uh, i98 website.
2: i98fm.com.au.
0: Amazing. What about you, Lucy?
2: Yeah, Luz, what's happening? Oh, Circle back to me, Erin. Let's talk about you. Oh, look, this is really sad but
0: true. I am so excited for dinner tonight. I am making a Mexican chili con can. I've literally been excited oh. for it since I bought the meat on the weekend and popped it in the freezer. And I was like, this is going to go off on Wednesday. <laughs> not the meat, not the meat's going to go off, but expiry date. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> if I don't freeze it, it's going to go off. But the meal is going to go off on Wednesday. So I'm really pumped for that. And then also, I'm excited to watch the next episode of *Handmaid's Tale* tomorrow night because I am stressed. No spoilers. No No spoilers. spoilers. Season one. I won't spoil anything, but let me tell you, honey, binge watching that show is not healthy. They gave us three episodes, three episodes in a row. Of course, we're gonna watch them all. Of course we are. Don't do it. May
1: I watch one of those and I need to take like a long yeah. shower and just think about my life. And
2: cry. Yeah. It's awful. It's like that's a guaranteed funk, watching one of yeah. those episodes. Like yeah. if you're in a good mood and you want to be in, in a bad mood, just put on The <laughs> Handmaid's Tale. It'll do it. I'm, do you know what I'm excited about? Lucy's wearing two necklaces. Yeah, you look beautiful. This year I'm like, do you know what? I'm going to practice wearing it. necklaces because normally I just wear earrings. Um, necklaces, eyeliner, eyeliner. Yeah, I'm like I'm like experimenting with the look. What I'm excited about though is probably I'm quite excited to watch the last episode of Shadow and Bone tonight. I spoke about these books Ooh. back when we did my um, Olga yes. episode, and um, yes, yeah, so now they're on Netflix. And oh my god, I didn't realize that I have fallen deeply in love with Ben Barnes. Of course you have, but also Archie Renault, who plays Mal. I actually think Mal is uh, so much more appealing in this TV series than he is in the books. Um, have you guys mm. watched any of it? Not yet. It's on my list. No, I've heard it's good. Lots of sexy people. All right, well, let's um, let's freaking kick this off because
0: I'm really pumped to tell you my um, fierce female this week. And to finish so you can have dinner. And so. then go and eat my chili con <laughs> yeah. We've got so many amazing suggestions on the gram now and I'm just trying to find mine because I have decided to do a suggestion this week by the way but while I am scrolling thank you to everybody who has been sending us really really bloody awesome messages lately just like sharing out um, episodes and sending us suggestions of people to do and yeah and to Bambi who said that she liked my
1: laugh like obviously you're wrong but thank you that was so nice <laughs>
0: okay here we go I found it For this week's episode, I have decided to go with somebody who was suggested by one of our listeners. Um, It is an Aussie fierce female. Now, a little bit more of a modern fierce female, fierce female, Mm -hmm. but she's already made history and got a massive legacy behind her. Um, So a big shout-out to Casey for sending in this suggestion. Today I'm going to be telling you the story of Taria Pitt. (gasps) Oh, no way. She's great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've, done, I've also done a lot of crying uh, whilst getting <laughs> this one together. Um, so, Taria Pitt, for those who may not know about her, she is an Australian mining engineer. She is an athlete, an absolute gym junkie. She's a motivational speaker, a best-selling author, a mother, and a survivor. Most people know Taria Pitt as the woman who survived a grass fire despite suffering severe burns to more than half of her body. But that story is only a slice, can I tell you, an absolute slice of the legacy that Taria has already created for herself. And this woman isn't even 40 yet. Like, it's crazy. Um, This is the inspiring true story of a modern-day fierce female, a young modern-day fierce female named Taria Pitt. Love All it. right. Now, if you could just pop on your running shoes for a minute, just tap in. Pass.
2: I, know, I knew you'd say that. <laughs> no, Tessa <does> loves running. <laughs>
1: no. Get on
0: your active wear, ladies.
1: I'm wearing active wear. I just
0: won't run. <laughs> oh, look, that's halfway there, so I'll okay, allow good. it. All right. Oh, yep. Okay. Things are on. So it's the 1st of May, 2016. 28 year old Taria Pitt is participating in the Australian Ironman Challenge in the New South Wales coastal town of Port Macquarie. Now, the Ironman events, for those who don't know, are held around the world. They are widely considered the most difficult one day sporting events. Talissa, you're probably going to start crying at this part of the story in a second. <laughs> for reference, a normal, so a normal everyday, for those who do them everyday, triathlon is a 1.5 kilometer swim a 40-kilometre cycle and then a 10-kilometre run. So that's just your run-of-the-mill triathlon. An Ironman challenge, so a normal one is 1.5Ks, an Ironman is 3.8-kilometre swim, a 180-kilometre bike ride and a 42.2-kilometre run. Jesus Christ.
2: That's just insane.
0: Craziness.
2: That's
1: nuts. I was living in Port Macquarie this time. Yeah. So you know.
0: Oh, were you? Don't. I just did
1: the maths. I just literally did the maths just then.
0: That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When Sorry, she- keep going. So while we're all running, because we're all tapping yeah. in, right? We're all part of the story. 42 mm-hmm.
2: kilometers. That's that that that's a marathon. That's I awful. <laughs> Even the I yeah. know you're on
1: a
0: bike, but
2: 180k on a bike. Yeah.
1: I love they have to do it in that order because it's like swim first so you don't drown yeah, and then ride so you're less likely to crash and then run because the closest you got is like standing distance to the ground because if you did it the other way around, people would just literally die. Totally It is so hardcore.
2: (laughs) That's really true. I
0: hadn't thought of it that way. That's why the Iron Man is the Iron Man. Like it's notorious for being a massive deal. Like it's not even about winning the Iron Man. It's about doing the Iron Man, like getting through Mm -hmm. it. So it took Taria an hour and 16 minutes to finish her swim, her 3.8K swim. It took her seven hours and 13 minutes to finish the bike ride. And now she's in her final minute of her five-hour 42.2-kilometre run. Her final minute? Yeah, that's what we're doing right now because we're we're in the story. Close to the finish line. Yep, she's in the final minute. After a total of 13 hours and 24 minutes, Taria Pitt crossed the finish line and became an Iron Man, well, Iron Woman, or as we like to call her in this story, an Iron Queen. <laughs> now, this moment was very special for Taria Pitt, not only because she just did the notorious Iron Man challenge, but because doctors had told her that she probably wouldn't ever be able to run again again let alone compete in one of the most challenging triathlons in the world. Speaking of, she went on to Hawaii to compete in the Ironman Championship that exact same year. So she did the Ironman twice in 2016 after doctors had told her she may never run again. And she beat her PB, coming in at 14 hours and 37 minutes. So not only did our Iron Queen do it twice, but she outdid herself.
2: Do you know what? I don't think PBs should exist for... The Iron Man. Like, surely every time you do it is just a personal best. It's a personal best that, oh my God, I'm actually still alive.
0: Well, I'm still breathing. For Taria Pitt, it's a personal best that she was even able to get yeah. there mm-hmm. um, or be alive for it. So let's go back to the beginning of Taria's story. Taria was born on the 29th of July in 1987 in Tahiti. Her mom is Tahitian and her dad was an Aussie surfer living in Tahiti and making surfboards, which is just the best thing ever. What's your face? What was her birthday again? The 29th of July 1987. Hey, oh, you guys are twins. I know. Sorry, I keep talking about myself, but it's really strange. You know, I think you might be the same person. And you're definitely you definitely love running as much as her. You have the same birthday. We're both athletes. Yep. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to also follow your running program like Terea's. <laughs> Okay, so her mom's Tahitian. Her mom and her dad are living in Tahiti. Her dad's Aussie, her mom's Tahitian, and uh, they fall in love and they just live in this amazing island life. They have Taria's older brother, Genji, and then they have Taria, and then later decide to move back to Australia. Taria's mom obviously goes to Australia with her dad. And Tori is three years old at the time and, of course, n- judging by her dad, they want somewhere coastal. Originally, they uh, were living in Maroubra, which is in Sydney, uh, at the mm-hmm. beach, and then they went down south, down the south coast of New South Wales. Uh, she whoop, spent whoop. her, yeah, that's near Talisa's house now. So, I mean, <laughs> I think you might be her spirit animal, babe. I didn't say anything that time.
1: I just said, whoop, whoop. <laughs> so, for the record, I didn't make it about me. The
2: story is actually about Talisa. <laughs> <laughs> really the same name. Actually, do you know what? I always thought that her name was Turia. It's so interesting. Isn't it funny how you can hmm. hear something you're like, I have always gotten that wrong? It's it's a
0: beautiful name. All her family's names, yeah. really cool names, really ta- cool Tahitian names. So she spent most of her childhood growing up on the New South Wales South Coast, surfing, swimming, super active and lively kid. Her dad was super adventurous. Her mom was full of love and song. She's always singing. Um, and Taria was also very intelligent. She loved reading. She was very into s- her studies. Her mum and dad went on to have another two boys, Hermanu and Tariki. So she had two, so three brothers all together and they were just mm-hmm. super active family. Like she was born to be active, active, active. Just like mm-hmm. you, Talissa,
2: again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are getting roasted. <laughs> Poor Talissa. No, it's fine. It's just I don't me. like being active. I'll They're be twins. completely honest. She's just, she's just nodding. She's just taking it. This is the one that told me she never
0: played a team sport and
1: never (laughs) will. Because I don't know how to run. I don't know how to make that clear to anyone.
0: As a young girl, she was super gorgeous and she even did a little bit of modelling. She was very confident and even later in life, she referred to her younger self as a bit of a knob because she was just like so (laughs) cocky, so full of herself, so happy in her skin, like just living life to the fullest. Um, Not scared of anything, happy to take on any challenge, um, yada, yada, yada. She graduated university in 2010 with a Bachelor of Engineering and a Bachelor of Science, and by now she was dating her childhood sweetheart, Michael. The pair, oh. I know they these 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 two made me cry. They are so freaking so cute, cute. and he is hot. She's hot. They're just they so hot. And, and they, anyways, well, let's not spoil it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the story <laughs> that most of us know. Taria
2: listening to this because she she could very well listen to it, and we're just like, he's so hot. They're both so <laughs> hot, and they both have the best yeah. hair
0: I think I've ever seen. The pair met when Taria was twelve. So Michael was working at the local grocery shop, and he was good mates with one of her. Brothers, and then it sounds like they sort of started dating. They must, i think they both went to uni in Sydney together, and both studied engineering. Um, and then they just started to to date at uni, which is super cute.
2: That is cute.
0: After graduating, she landed a dream mining engineer gig in Western Australia, and her and Michael moved there to live and work. So they're also starting to rake in the cash, which is great. Okay, so they've graduated, they've moved to Western Australia to live and work. They're living it up, they're loving life, and still very active. The following year, uh, the very athletic Taria Pitt signed up for the Racing the Planet race. Close your ears again, Talisa. This one is mm-hmm. a three-day, 100-kilometre race through the remote Kimberley region in Western Australia. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with that part of the world, it is stunning. Like, get on Google and type in Kimberley Western Australia. It is rugged Aussie bushland desert. is dry, but there's also greenery. There's amazing rocks and cliffs and mountains. It's like it's an amazing part of the world. And that's where this race takes place, like this this 100 bloody kilometre race. Not that you could – I don't see when anyone could take in the scenery when you're still trying to run for three days. But anyways, um, all in all, a beautiful part of the world. So on the 2nd of September, 2011 – she caught a bus into the starting point with the rest of the participants. They were all pumped up, they were ready to go, they all had their backpacks on them, they were ready. The very first checkpoint of the run was at 10 kilometers. Doable. Doable. Trainable. Doable. Not for me, but no. oh do it full for some. Doable uh-huh. for some. You could do it. You could <laughs> do it, Slyssa. Piece of cake for these guys. Mind you, it's also important to remember that Australia, especially that part of Australia, is very hot. Mm-hmm. And it's not a dry hot, it is a humid heat in Australia. So it's like that kind of suffocating humid heat that flies light, like. that flies love. Mm-hmm. And by this point, a grass fire had started in the distance, but it was quite far away from the runners. And like no one had said anything or indicated that they should worry. So they just kept going. So she made it to the 10 kilometer checkpoint. And in some footage taken by the event organizers, you can see her grinning face, yelling out "woohoo" towards the camera as she passes by. And you can also see in the footage that it's quite hazy. Like there's, it's quite smoky. Like you can definitely tell. Like it looks – we're used to it. We're, we, we've been through Aussie bushfires. We know what happens when bushfire smoke or even hazard reductions burn smoke gets pushed over, the, you know, the city and stuff. It has that in all the footage. So I'm just thinking how are these guys running with not only the heat and the, you know, lack of shade or whatever, but also the smoke, like the smell Mm. of the smoke. But nonetheless, I don't know if it was that bad or maybe it was just the footage, but either way, um, it was definitely there, it was definitely happening and was definitely an element to think about when you're trying to run 100 kilometres. So there's some footage of her stoked, like absolutely loving life, and that was just hours before her life would actually be changed forever. Wow. The second checkpoint was around 20 kilometers. She was tired, but she made it and she kept on going. A fellow runner named Kate Sanderson was just behind her around the 25 kilometer mark. Now, Taria recalls still running, looking down while she was running. She was feeling tired. She had her iPod in her ears and she was just trying to stay focused and to keep going, of course, She heard a really loud noise and she thought it must have been trucks on the highway nearby and she was like, good, that's awesome, that's actually a good sign because I know that the next checkpoint is on the other side of the highway so that must mean that I'm close. But it wasn't the sound of trucks that Taria could hear. It was the sound of a raging firewall in the gorge beneath her. Suddenly she looked up and was faced with a wall of flames. She had a split second decision to make: to either go back through the shoulder-high grass, thinking that's just a recipe for disaster, or to run up the side of the rocky gorge. Taria chose to run up the side of the gorge, but what she didn't realise at the time was that fire moves faster uphill. Uphill. As a result, the fire quickly caught up with her. She tried screaming out for help. Looked around. She couldn't see anybody. She realised pretty quickly that no one was coming and she had absolutely nowhere to go. Kate, who was running just behind Taria earlier, had opted to go back down. She found a crevice to crouch into, tipped water over her head and waited as the flames began to move in on her. The fire soon passed, which felt like it took forever, Taria and Kate had suffered severe burns to around 65% of their bodies. Four other runners had also been caught up in the fire and the six of them eventually found each other. They sat in the sun waiting for help to come, getting sunburnt on their severe burns without any water or phone signal. Oh, my God, how much pain would you be in? Well, this is the thing um, that Taria says about it is that she was in such shock that, She, and this woman honestly has the best sense of humour, but she said that she was in such shock that she didn't, it's not that she didn't feel it, but her immediate reaction was to look down and go, okay, I've got my legs, I've got my arms, and like I'm alive. That was her first thing. She's like, I'm alive. Great, awesome. And then she goes, oh, God, this will be a really interesting story for work on Monday when I tell people about fire and safety. God, that's great water cooler chat. That's what she, was going through her mind oh, at this day. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. And she said that it wasn't until four hours later. Four, four hours, hours. Four hours later <sighs> that help finally arrived. Kate said that there were a lot of helicopters that they saw fly over them and then they didn't stop.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I can only imagine they were looking for all the runners. But it wasn't until this point when the chopper finally landed to get them out of there that Taria realised how bad she must have looked. She said that one of the volunteers that jumped off the chopper was a friend of hers because classic Taria, she also volunteered on the weekends and (laughs) she called out to her and was like, hey, how are you doing? And this woman looked at her like she didn't even know who she was and she said, it's me, Taria. And she said that this woman just went completely white and just a, a tear started rolling down her cheek. And that's when Taria knew that it must have been a lot worse than she thought.
2: Jeez. Holy oh, shit.
0: So the, all the runners were flown out. Uh, Kate was flown directly to uh, a hospital in Melbourne and Taria was taken back to Sydney. Her Burns doctor said that he had never known anyone to survive the extent of Taria's injuries. She was placed in a medically induced coma for about two weeks. All the fingers of her right hand and two fingers on her left had to be amputated. She endured six months in the hospital. She underwent over 200 operations. And Taria almost died three times on the operating table. Oh my God. She spent two years in recovery. Despite suffering burns to her, her down to her bone in some areas though, she did avoid wow. any physical internal injuries. She had to wear compression bandages and a mask 23 hours a day for 2 years. Wow. I know. It's it's the recovery really process. Recovery. And she says that she's like the accident, the getting burned part it wasn't that, it was the the aftermath, it was the recovery. She received skin grafts for her elbow, calf, bottom and breast and she had to learn to relearn how to walk, talk, sit, stand and eat on her own. She even underwent a six-week intensive therapy and rehab course in France. Wow. Now, that is a lot and that's, again, that's not even all of it. As you can imagine, going through all of that, actually you can't even imagine. You really can't. You can't unless you are in that situation, you really can't imagine. And Taria always says that enduring that recovery process was the most life-changing thing for her. She said she found a whole new meaning on on appreciating life and that every day she had to wake up again and every day she had to do it all over again. She had to have her dressings changed, which is incredibly painful. She had to do, you know, all the exercises to just try and lift her arms and try and walk and talk and sit and stand. And she said, you know, I learned to be happy to walk five metres. You know, she had to take her wins where she could. She would go to bed every night in the hospital and go, okay, what did I do today? I walked five metres, great, excellent. But at the same time, she said it was the most frustrating thing because she was this incredibly active, incredibly high achiever who had her whole, you know, whole life ahead of her, so to speak. I mean, that's an in- a loose term because she's gone on to have a, an incredible life anyways. It doesn't matter. Probably had it mapped out in her head what she thought the next chapters of her life would be. Exactly. And and that really frustrated her that doctors would come into her and say, you know, we do believe that you'll be able to feed yourself eventually and you will be able to run again. Or oh, actually, well, at this point, they didn't say that they thought that she could run again. But, you know, these simple things like feeding yourself and wiping your own ass, she was like, that's things that everyone can do. What do you mean? Mm. Like, that's that's stupid. Don't come in here and act like that's a good thing. But of course, she did learn that it was a good thing. And she even said that when she could eventually wipe her own backside again for the first time, it felt like she'd won the Olympics, which is just super <laughs> sweet. <laughs> she's an absolute legend of a human, 100%. She's
2: hilarious. That's the thing. I follow her on she's social so media. She's so and funny. She's so funny. So, like, so funny. That's, she's, just, she's just a very funny person.
0: Yeah. And she never lost that strong determination or humor as well. In fact, Taria was running again along the beach in her hometown of Ulladulla in southern New South Wales just a year after the bushfire.
2: It's incredible. Fuck, really? A year? Yep. And running yeah. on the beach is hard. I'm yeah. sorry, I hate running on the beach. Yeah. Sand? Yeah. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. I don't know if that
0: was for a, a long period of, like, not like a proper <laughs> run, but running the act of running. Still? Yeah. Massive. Um, running ten meters on the sand is incredible. Seriously. It's a no. Oh, totally. Now, Michael, her partner, stuck by her side and her mum was also a constant support for her. Her and Michael had only been in – sorry, that sounds like her mum and Michael, no. Taria and Michael had only been in a relationship for two years before the fire Mm. uh, and they were so young. They were babies. They were 24, like – so young and naive and she's even said that like this whole incident, she really matured quickly. Like she grew up very fast and they both did. When Michael was asked in an interview for Channel 9 about sticking by her side, he said that he said to himself, if Taria can walk in agony and do all the physio that she has to go through every day, then I can be there in the morning to give her her breakfast. And I was like, hmm. No, we don't deserve you, Michael. (laughs) No, it wasn't even that part. It was like the footage of him, you know, helping her with her rehab and getting her out in the hallway and doing the exercises with her and, you know, just like – and the way he just like looks at her, you can just tell that he's just so in love with her and he just – it's beautiful. It's really awesome. And she is a legend, like as if you wouldn't be in love with her. She's a freaking hilarious legend.
1: Yeah, why wouldn't you be with someone who's that fucking incredible But at the same time, a lot to obviously deal with a lot of changes very quickly in
2: your relationship. Ha- yeah.
1: Yeah. And you don't, I don't, you no one can teach you how to support someone going through something like no, that.
0: You no, you know. But um yeah, she's a ledge. Mm. Yeah. It sounds like they had a pretty epic bond. I mean, they'd known each other since she was 12. And yeah. yeah. So the 2011 Kimberly Ultra Marathon that, She was participating in when the fire broke out, became the subject of a parliamentary inquiry in Western Australia after a number of competitors suffered life threatening burns. That includes Kate as well, who also suffered about 60 to 65% of her body uh, was burnt as well. She had to have part of her foot amputated and her hands were also severely, severely burnt. The inquiry found that organisers did not take the precautions to ensure the safety of participants. It also revealed that organisers couldn't even communicate properly between checkpoints. I mean, the runners said that they didn't even bother taking phones because they knew they wouldn't get any signal. And the inquiry, of course, recommended that Kate and Taria be given compensation. Now, yeah. is everyone okay? Are we good to keep going? Yeah. It's a real journey. I
1: kind of just want to say, like, as a side note to you, as I'm kind of glad that that's not the focus of the story too much. Like, it's obviously, like, a huge thing that happened to her, but I'm excited to learn more about, like, what happens yeah. after this. Yeah. Like, Because I feel like a lot of Australians kind of are aware of the marathon, I would mm-hmm. say, like most. But I don't think everyone realises how cool she is. Totally. As, like, yeah. Aside from As all person. of that. Yeah. Like I'm excited to hear what happens next because I don't feel like this is inspiration porn, like congratulating her for being able to do the basics. It's like she went through that. That's a part mm-hmm. of a chapter of her book. Here's all the other stuff that she does that makes her incredible now.
0: Yeah. And yeah. I'm so excited to learn. This is the way that that's why I didn't want to start with it. I wanted to start with the Iron Man because that is just, and what we're about to hear is like a slither of the things that she went on to do after this. And like I was a bit conflicted in on how I wanted to write this into it, but I think it's important because it really does shine a light on how inspiring this woman is, not inspiration mm-hmm. porn-wise, but that she went on to have this incredible life, despite this thing that happened to her because it is just something mm-hmm. that happened to her but it didn't stop her and that's mm-hmm. what is the whole reason why I wanted to tell this
2: story. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I mentioned the story of Taria competing Iron Man twice in 2016 and as you can imagine, it wasn't all that she went on to achieve after uh, 2011. She was on a mission to prove that she was fitter than her 24-year-old self and that is exactly what she did. <sighs> She like made up for everybody's (laughs) lack of fitness in the world, it feels like. (laughs) She continued to rebuild her strength and confidence and she embraced a massive list of challenges around the world. Among them, Ironman, two in the space of six months, including the championships in in Hawaii with the big guns. Kokoda Track. Oh, wow. Which is also not easy. Not easy. She climbed several mountains. She completed the Sydney to Uluru cycle.
2: (gasps) What? What? That's a wait, thing. Wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. Let's That's just a
1: thing? give mm-hmm. an understanding yeah. to anyone who doesn't know. I'm going to look it up right now. The actual distance of that, because for
2: us, it seems like Australia is really big.
1: Well, yeah, people forget that. People think
2: you can just hop on a bus from Sydney to Uluru, but it like a shuttle bus, but it's not. You absolutely can't. So to to
1: drive <laughs> yeah. there, it is two thousand eight hundred and forty nine kilometers, and it would take you thirty hours in a car. What's that in miles? Let me have a look. It is. So 2840 kilometers is 1765 miles. Um, which is fucking humongous. Huge. I think is a scientific term. <laughs> but, and actually cycling, it says it would take someone 129 hours.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So just a, just a short trip. Down the shops, not a big deal. She, she also did the Lake Argyle 20 kilometer swim. She also climbed part of the Great Wall of China so she's getting some great uh, travel yeah. stories in there as well. She also sailed around the French Polynesia, she learned how to sail and did the Inca Trail more than once. Wow, because why not? Mm, why not? And a lot of those were a lot of those were to raise money as well. Fuck yeah. She said that it's her personality. She said when someone tells her she can't do something it feels like someone's waving a red flag in front <laughs> of a bull. I love that. Yeah. And I think also a bit of her, like, I'm a bit of a knob, like, you know, I've got to do it. Like she's competitive with herself. I I get that vibe. Who does that sound like? Speaking from experience. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, yes, queen, get it. Like. Just do it, like, you know, <laughs> whatever, and she just does. It's great. Um, in 2015, Taria and Michael got engaged oh, and Taria also became an ambassador for Interplast, which is a not-for-for-profit organisation that sends teams of volunteer medical practitioners to 17 countries across the, the Asia-Pacific region, providing life-saving surgery and healthcare to people who desperately need it. Taria has helped raise over... $1 million in donations and $3 million in media awareness Whoa. working with
2: them. fantastic.
0: And she still does. She's still working with them. And throughout all this time, you know, her, her media profile is continuing to grow. She's continuing to tell her story. In 2014, she was named the New South Wales Premier's Award for Woman of the Year and was also a finalist for Young Australian of the Year because you do forget how young she is. Mm, yeah. And in 2016 she was a finalist in the Australian of the Year award and the New South Wales finalist for Telstra Businesswoman of the Year award mm. because she's not here to stuff around. No. <laughs> but she's also gone on to give talks, most notably and I watched this one, it's on YouTube. I 10 out of 10 recommend you listen to it. Not only does she tell her story and and she's giving this really incredible motivational speech, but she's fucking hilarious. It's like a stand-up performance as well. <laughs> she's she's a legend. Um, we love a comedy queen. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah, she's become a sought-after public speaker. So this talk was the TEDx at Macquarie University conference in September 2014. Yeah, it's it's awesome. She's a legend. She's so funny. In 2017, Toria had to pull out of climbing the 12-day Mount Everest base camp. Because she fell pregnant with her first child with Michael.
2: Aw, cute. Well, that's a good reason to pull out. Delisa, I can see your face. Are you crying? <laughs> no, no, she's laughing because I said something that sounded what not how it was meant to sound. <laughs> what did you say? She
1: pulled out. Someone else didn't. Okay, I've said it. That's what she had to say. Oh, hello. Some people would have been thinking it. Continue. Sorry, sorry to you, Taria. You're amazing. I'm disgusting.
2: I was like, oh, she's crying. That's so sweet. <laughs> no, she just wasn't crying. She was just her mind was just just chilling out in the gutter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's where I live. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> now, it was really cute when they were talking about how she told Michael. She said she just like left the s- stick or whatever in front of him, and he was in the middle of brushing his teeth. So he was like, "I don't even know what to do. Like, what do I do? I spin? He was like, "What?" But yeah, super cute. Um, but yeah, what a shame she had to pull out of her 12-day Mount Everest base camp trek. But. She still went over to Nepal anyways to support her team and fundraise again for Interplast, which is that medical charity I was just telling you about, which also helps burn survivors. Sick. She did then give birth to her first son, Hakavai, which I love that name. He's cute. That's a really fucking cool name. Both of her kids have cool names. She says that she slowed down a little bit after having her first son, Hakavai. She slowed down with a 30-kilometre mountain run.
2: Like, seriously, Queen. That would slow me down, to be honest. If I had to do that, I would also (laughs) slow down. And not do it.
1: Yeah. If I slowed that anymore, I'd go into negative time. Like, I'm so slow. Maybe I'd go backwards if I
0: slowed down anymore. You'd be in the Matrix or something. The Matrix? Oh, my God. Oh, God. No, this girl does not give up. She's like, yeah, I just... I think she was doing an interview for ABC and she's like, yeah, so, you know, I really had to, you know, put the brakes on a little bit when I had Hakavai and like, you know, just, I just, you know, did a a 30 kilometre mountain run, like just really chill. And like, even in her blog post about it, she's like, yeah, okay, it's not the most challenging thing I've ever done, but still, I'm like, you don't need to justify
2: this to us, Taria. We believe you. You're amazing. (laughs) Sounds like my friend Nicole. Did I tell you about Nicole? She did like a 40-kilometre run or a 25-kilometre, 50-kilometre run. It was either 40- or 50-kilometre run one weekend last year, I think it was. And I was like, and it wasn't wasn't a race. It wasn't like a half marathon. There was no um, fanfare around. It was just her and a bunch of people. And I was like, how did you do that? Because we went out afterwards for breakfast and she was perky as hell. And she just said, oh, Lucy, it's not that bad. All you do is just you run there and then you run back. I was like, by the time you've run there, you've just got to run back. And I'm like, but, Nicole, when you're that's running the worst there, part. that's 20 kilometres. And then you just you just run back. She made it sound so I easy. I love how easy that makes it sound. Like, oh,
1: you want to be a rocket scientist? Just put the rocket in the air and make it land safely. Yeah. How? <laughs> just how, how?
2: How, 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 <laughs> how? Like, I feel like we're missing a fundamental oh. part of this conversation here, which is that running is hard.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Like- <laughs>
0: yes, running is not fundamental. Yeah, Race reference. It.
2: it hurts. I love running, but I would never say it's easy. Yeah, though. Lucy,
0: th- you saying this is it means something because you actually do the runs, you do the marathons and whatnot.
2: Very slowly. I've never done a marathon. Half, half marathon. marathon. You've done a half, I haven't I've you? A, I've done a couple of halfers. Crazy. That's crazy.
0: No, Taria does her Catman do coast-to-coast 30K run with a one-year-old, not with the one-year-old, but whilst she trains for it whilst she has a one-year-old.
2: This poor one-year-old just being dragged on. She's like, Mom, I hate this. Or he, he's like, Mom, please, this is not good. Yeah, I'm not having fun. But she did say that she practised... This because this is quite a
0: rough this is quite a rough terrain this one like going up mountain the mountain range so apparently she was training with the pram and that's only an image I can't stop getting out of my head and I'm like yes girl get it but for Taria she gets it it's not one of her toughest things she's done okay guys gosh stop judging her <laughs>
2: never it's like it's positive judging <laughs>
1: <laughs> I would like to be judged in
2: this way <laughs> crazy
0: same but I'm judging the exact
1: opposite <laughs> way every episode apparently.
0: I watched a lot of interviews with Turia and pretty much every single interviewer. Even um, Kurt Fernley, interviewed Turia and even he said, why? But why, Turia? <laughs> Aren't you tired? Like everyone was just like, why, girl? And she's like, because. I just love it. Endorphins. And I'm, I love it. Endorphins make you happy. One hell of a drug. When she was yeah. asked in an ABC interview how often she thinks about the fire, Toria was very open and very honest. She said that she can go – that was the same interview actually with Kurt um, – she said she could go weeks and months without thinking about it but it's when it comes to simple things like trying to open a jar on a day where she's already in a bad mood i mean we've all been there before um or if she hasn't gone on her run yet because she obviously runs every day uh that's hey, me, yeah, hey, me, me. we get it <laughs> that that is when she's um that's when she's reminded and that's when she becomes frustrated by it like oh my yeah. god i can't even do this simple thing gosh really But, like, I literally drop my keys when I'm in a bad mood and I'm like, I can't do this simple thing and, like, it just really makes you feel guilty now. But she also refers, again, back to her personality. She's very competitive, very strong woman, and the challenge of running up a mountain doesn't faze her. It's that simple everyday thing of trying to open up a jar that frustrates her, even Mm -hmm. if it is only rare. And it is rare. But, yeah, she's very honest about it. Like, She's like, I was really good looking and I'm going to, you know, if I, I don't need to get surgery on my nose or I don't need to get surgery on my ear, but if I want to do it, I'm going to do it because, you know, that's going to make me feel good. That's her your prerogative. prerogative.
1: Oh, you yep. two on sync. Pretty smooth at the best.
0: <laughs> it is her prerogative. And she's like, you know, it's it, what's what makes me happy. Um, and that's yeah. basically her mantra.
2: Sidebar. Like, let's just stop shaming women for getting cosmetic surgery because we live in a patriarchy. And oh, yeah. It's up to us to respond to it however we will. Totally. I have challenges with people who get work done but aren't honest about it because I'm like, I think you're perpetuating negative mm. um, real expectations. But by all means, go for it because
1: – I also don't see the difference between that and Photoshop though, But people don't
0: disclose Photoshop.
2: Yeah, or braces or dyeing your hair. Like, they are already yeah. doing stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: Um, I couldn't agree we, more loose.
2: There's so many better things we could be focusing on. Okay, so her
0: so she's all about happiness, making people happy. It's her total mantra and her Instagram bio is even, I make and do cool stuff that helps people get happier. <laughs> I love it. Just that's what it is, peeps.
2: Mm,
0: I love fantastic. it. In the summer of 2020, mood shift, Australia was ravaged by some of the worst bushfires in history. As we can remember.
2: They were horrific. They were horrific.
0: The fires burned through over 18 million hectares of Australian land, at least 3,500 homes and thousands of other buildings were lost and 34 people died. The southeast parts of the country were the worst affected, including the New South Wales South Coast, which is the place where Taria and Matt had set up their lives. Now, Taria was eight months pregnant with her second child at the time. As we know, there was a lot of people trying to get aid to people who were literally stranded on beaches because they'd been pushed out of their homes to the shoreline because everything was on fire and sort of that sort of thing. But because she was so heavily pregnant, there wasn't a whole lot that she could do and, of course, she has a toddler. But she did decide to do what she could by creating an Instagram profile for businesses in the area and encouraged people to buy from locals. This was kind of more in the aftermath of it. And um, her profile obviously helped with that as well. The Instagram that Toria started out with her friend is spend with oh, them. It was okay. originally to help support the Aussie small businesses affected by fire, but it also is uh, to help businesses affected by COVID. Cool. 182,000 followers. Like that's, that's pretty yeah. epic. Um, but yes, Talisa, during the fires, I understand that you have more info about her husband helping out. Of course, this is Talisa's region and she was – on the scene helping out with the stories. Yeah. So the South coast is like my coverage area for the
1: news. And so I went down there. When it was quite bad, I was reporting from the fireground, and Taria and some of her friends had kind of organised for like pack, like sandwiches and things like that to be donated by local cafes. So they had their chefs in the kitchens, just like working around the clock, making up big trays and packages. Because, like you said, as people were stranded along the beaches and coastal towns were stranded in their coastal town, because a lot of these areas. It's like a whole heap of bush and then you go down one road and then it's your coastal town like Balley Point, for example. If you look at that on a map, it is literally bush, 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 one road, all the houses so you can't get in and you can't get out so Turia's husband was taking a jet ski full of food and medicine as well because people didn't yeah. have their like medicines and things like that in the early yeah. stages and they were a huge player in the fact that these people had fresh food and water because their water tanks were all destroyed like it's a yeah. big there's so much more that I could talk about because obviously like this is something that was I covered extensively, but basically like her and her husband worked in completely different ways and their family as well. Um, They were huge players in the bushfire recovery from the day that the fires kind of were hitting the area to, like you said, with that Instagram page, well after and into the later recovery phases. And And even now. Those South Coast Downs are still, yeah, still recovering in there. Um, it's gonna be a long time before things are back to normal down there
0: yeah yeah that was huge plays in it huge incredible incredible people and yeah like we said that Instagram page went on to help people with COVID I mean when you just think back to 2020 Mm -hmm. it's just ridiculous um she went on to give birth to her second baby boy in 2020 so some good news for 2020 for Taria he's named Rahidi another awesome name um beautiful names and they are the cutest kids i mean taria and michael are babes like they've given birth to little cuties it's they're the cutest little family ever there will definitely be photos of them because i just am obsessed with them (laughs) (laughs) also guys sidebar i know we're doing all the looks things right now but her brothers are also incredibly good looking and her mom and her dad Okay, so as I mentioned, she went on to do a lot of public speaking, and she also was the cover girl on the Australian Women's Weekly, which led to huge media attention, and a huge influx of people reached out to her to share their own stories and struggles, and, you know, seeing her on the cover was very inspiring and all that jazz. She's mentored thousands through her online programs. She's got a running program, she's got a running program for mums to do, because Like a lot of mums like Taria are super fit and super active and then they have kids and they're like, how do I maintain this thing that makes Mm -hmm. me so happy? Obviously the the child is supposed to make them happy as well apparently. (laughs) And look, I'm the first to say I'm not one to get on board with a mummy blogger, um, maybe until I do become a mother, but... And then um, we'll all be mummy bloggers. It will happen. I'm telling you now. I feel <laughs> it in my waters already. You know, out of the three of yeah. us, the one that's going to be a mummy blogger is me. I so know, you're I'm going to eat my words. <laughs> <Anyways. laughs> but I'm talking about the ones that get on there and tell you how you should live your life and blah, 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 blah. But Taria is awesome. Yeah, I couldn't know. stop reading her blog posts. The way she writes them and the way that she um, she doesn't go on and on and on and, and flaff on. She's just very like, this is real. This is what it is. This is what I do. If, if it helps you, great. If it doesn't don't worry. There's even a post in there about her talking about her mask that she had to wear for two years uh, over her face, the compression mask, and then also taking off the mask and how she slowly, 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 slowly in baby steps worked up to going out in public without it. And she said that even she needed to do that. So she would go from taking it off for an hour in front of her family and then she would go to taking it off in front of her girlfriends for a little bit and then putting it back on to, going down the street to get bread and milk with it off and then she would you know work up to it and like she's like you can apply that to a lot of things in life like you know it's 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 a it's a technique to try and get over something that you're either insecure about or you're trying to you know work through so i mean i don't know may may just be me but i just found the way that she wrote things was super easy super personable without going into too much Blech. i don't know is good she's great I couldn't stop reading her stuff. She also shares a lot of stories on her blog about her and Michael and when she gets the shits with him and stuff. And there was a really funny story about him, which I thought was super sweet. And he was like really proud of her. And they were got, you know, she was really comfortable out in public and doing her thing. And. And he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna plan a nice romantic date night to the theater," and so he's like, "All right, I'm gonna buy some tickets. Here you go, Taria, We're going out. I'm taking you out." And she's like, "Oh, great! What are we seeing?" And he's like, "Oh, I got us tickets to Phantom of the Opera," and she was like, "Oh, Michael, bad taste, mate." Michael. <laughs> <laughs> but she thought it was hilarious. <laughs> um, bless his socks. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, she's just she's got a great sense of humor. and honestly I'm the biggest fan through and through she's incredibly inspiring and despite missing out on that Everest trip before her first baby was born the trek is still in her sights it's currently the next mission as part of her work with Interplast and as I said she's also doing a running program and like she's just this fitspo queen that is the story of Taria Pitt and I am I'm I know she's a bit more of a modern fierce female but I think her story is incredibly powerful and I think she is the coolest chick ever so and cool. I want to be her best friend and I feel like I would fangirl if I saw her in person.
2: Yeah. I'll start planning some forward. little birdies, see what I can do. Nothing, probably. <laughs> <laughs> the story just makes me feel really bad for not going to the gym last night. But <laughs> <laughs> I went to the gym for my soul, you know. I mean she <laughs> does. She does make, you, it's she my does soul make you feel
0: guilty for not being more uh, – proactive and and just not. it's not even about the physical activity side of things I think it's just the mentality of like if you want to do something do it don't make excuses don't you know look for an out and I know that's so cliche but when you listen to someone of Theria's context telling you that you're like fuck yeah you it's not just words it's actually true So, anyways,
2: Do you know what was one of, and this is, it is the, probably it won't resonate for anyone other than me, but it's one of the things that really resonated for me a few years ago. I was training for the city to surf, which is this um, famous Sydney run. It's apparently the biggest fun run in the world, actually. 14 kilometres goes from the heart of Sydney to Bondi. And there's a famous hill known as Heartbreak Hill that's I think two or three kilometres up. And there was this South African guy who was sort of training everyone. And when I say training, it makes it sound like I'm like really good, but I'm not. Like when I say run, I mean stagger. Um, but he was training us <laughs> and he just said, he just wrote this thing on the board that I loved, which was just, if you think you can do it, you probably can. Wow, I'm going to need a
0: minute to sit and. I don't know it, why I found
2: that so revolutionary, mm-hmm. but I was like. It's true, well, but
0: in a completely opposite reaction to something like that, I have to tell you today in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> so a burpee. No one likes them. No no one likes a burpee. I don't even think the person who, I don't even think Mr. Burpee likes burpees. Mr. Burpee. So in class today, lovely Luke was doing the demonstration and um, going around and being like, this is what we do here, this is what we do in all the different stations. And then he gets to this other station and he goes, okay, guys, now one-legged burpees. And I, I audibly react. I thought that I reacted inside my head. I just let out a... (laughs) Ugh. And everyone no. was like, "Whoop, whoop, whoop, whoop," looking at me, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that out loud." And they were all like, "No, we were thinking the same thing." And I was like, <laughs> "I just don't understand the the normal burpee's fine. We don't like the normal burpee. We're struggling with that as it is. If it ain't broke, don't fix it." That's all I'm just <laughs> gonna say. <laughs> That brings us to
1: the end of another episode of the Fierce Females of History podcast. Thank you for that story, Erin. I had a little bit of an idea of, of her life, but that was just even more incredible than I could have imagined. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's very inspiring and hilarious. She's just cool. And as we know, this episode was suggested by someone in our Instagram DMs. If you have a suggestion,
0: you can hit us up there as well, and uh, they are. Oh, yes. <laughs> There's lots of suggestions in there. We're going to try and get to all of them. Um, that is Fierce Females podcast on Instagram Fierce Females of History on Facebook.
1: You can email us. It's fiercefemalesofhistory at gmail.com. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please scroll down and give us a review. I've seen three more since last time, so thank you. I'm watching. Thanks, guys. Yeah, and uh, if you want to leave a little review as well, it helps more people hear these awesome stories. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's not about us. It's about the people we're talking about. Mm-hmm.
1: That's how I structure it because uh, I used to be a telemarketer. So I really <laughs> throw it out there to make it seem like it's not about us wanting more listeners. It's about trying to share the stories, totally, you know?
2: Totally, It is. Yeah. Or you can get one of those, you know those running apps like Strava? What? I think I, I got one of them and you meant to follow your friends on and that sort of thing. And I got it and I realised that that just meant that everyone could see how slow I actually run and I stopped using it. But one of the... <laughs> Run shaming. One of the things that you can do with it is you can track your runs. And sometimes people do things like draw a cake or a name or, I I don't know, a dick or whatever. What you can do, map (laughs) it out and write us your message in like this cityscape. Amazing. You know, this is a lot of effort. That's a lot of kilometers or miles wherever you are. But not to Taria. I have faith. Just just keep going. You know, you're, you're writing us a message. Take the picture. Send us a screenshot. I would actually love it if you did that. That would make my day. Yeah. Even if it's just an
0: exclamation point,
1: yeah. I'd be
2: stoked. <laughs> or, or just an, an, F-, or, F-, like F. an F, yeah,
0: yes. an F, do an F or a vagina. F, yeah. look, the possibilities are endless.
2: F is perfect because the whole way you'll be running, you'll be thinking, F this. <laughs> yeah. no.